This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Participants expect U.S. wheat stocks to be around 25.7 million tons compared to last month's estimate, which was closer to 25.5 million tons. The May contract in Chicago was down two cents at 5.16 per bushel. Kansas City May wheat was down two cents at 4.43 per bushel. And Minneapolis spring wheat was up a cent in the May contract at 5.23 per bushel. That's a look at the ice futures and global markets for Friday, March 6th. In Winnipeg for Markets Farm, I'm Marlo Glass. Proving you can't get too much of a good thing. There are no shortcuts to success. That's why New Holland engineered T6 series tractors to outperform competitive tractors in every way so you can achieve higher productivity with less effort. More powerful engines, faster response from tier 4B engines delivering 145 to 175 max boosted horsepower. Smooth speeds to match your applications. Choose one of three easy-to-use transmissions. Better visibility, unsurpassed view from the Horizon cab. More comfort and ease, quiet, smooth ride Comfort Ride Cab Suspension. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today to check out the T6 Series tractor from New Holland. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Moose Talks. A little later on, we're going to be talking to Christine Clark, the Executive Director of Community Bridge. We'll be talking about coldest night of the year, which was last weekend and I participated in. I think my legs are still sore. It says a lot about me. Anyway, uh, and we'll talk a bit about what Community Bridge does in the community. To start, though, we've got our MP for Prince George, Peace River, Northern Rockies. It's his third appearance, Bob Zimmer. How's it going today, Bob? Good to be here. That's good. Why don't yeah. you uh, lean into that? Yeah, more. it's good to be here. <laughs> uh, so, Bob, a uh, lot happening right now. It's oh, yeah. been kind of busy uh, since uh, kind of Parliament resumed in January. Why don't we start with uh, this? The federal, provincial, and Wet'suwet'en reached an agreement on Sunday to move forward in ending the land dispute over the coastal gasoline pipeline, but they haven't agreed yet on what to do, kind of, on the pipeline itself. This has been ongoing for quite some time. I mean, how are you feeling about this? I mean, there's sort of something in place, but it's not enough of something, it seems, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think I just uh, had a meeting last night with some of the elected chiefs and uh, I met with some of the hereditary chiefs earlier this week. I think just to get an understanding of what the governance looks like mm-hmm. and some of those struggles that are there, um, it really is its different than just the coastal gas link issue. I think what was troubling was when the Minister Bennett and Minister Fraser came out to talk to only with the select few hereditary chiefs. Uh, you know, the Indian Act actually recognizes elected chiefs and council and to completely ignore that group that even... Uh, is is the established governance uh, that the government's even uh, had established, if not have all of them in the room at the same time, is mm-hmm. troubling. So uh, that's a bit of where my involvement comes. I just want to help out where I can. And, again, meeting some of these uh, Teresa Tate days, the hereditary chief that I've had a lot of talks with and conversations. And just really, I mean, the bottom line comes down to they want what's best for their community. The majority of Wet'suwet'en people themselves support the project. Uh, they don't want uh, poverty for their people anymore. They want to have a prosperous community just like we do. And uh, I'd like to see and help them get there. 
Yeah. Now, and as part of that, and a big part of the news cycle has been about the blockades. Uh, the one obviously in, uh, you know, kind of in the area of the coastal gas link, uh, south of Smithers or what have you, mm-hmm. but also across the country. There was one kind of between Toronto and Montreal. There's been one in Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, they're coming down and whatnot, but it's been, it, no matter what side of it you're on, it's been a mess because yeah. it's been causing upheaval, rail traffic, that sort of thing. I mean, you guys have been hammering the Liberals on this to do something mm-hmm. about it, and it seems like they've been kind of caught in inaction. What, what do you think of that? What yeah. do you think they could have done better in this regard? I think they should have acted a lot sooner earlier on and mm-hmm. and had some... You know, there's one thing within the Wet'suwet'en community, you know, I, I definitely understand the sensitivities of, of any action in that community especially, but when you see other communities around the country claiming to be in support of the Wet'suwet'en people and setting up blockades, to me... Uh, that just uh, doesn't cut it. Um, you know, I just talked to a farmer last night at the hockey game with his son, and he said to me that there was a backlog of 10,000 grain cars. Wow. Uh, and there's demerged charges, so l- ships are literally waiting for grain, uh, and the payments that come from that, our farmers, you know, already had a really rough season last year. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of thing really puts everybody in a predicament of uh, really being hit financially. So I think they should have reacted, again, outside the Wet'suwet'en community, acted a lot quicker. But within the Wet'suwet'en, had those conversations, bring everybody to the table and have a really great conversation, just like we all would appreciate. Yeah, so kind of a two-prong approach. Absolutely. Like they should have acted quicker in talking and getting everyone to the table, but the also... Minister, in- to take three weeks for the minister to come out there and have mm-hmm. a conversation with even, with not the whole community, to me, is uh, lacks uh, leadership and... Uh, and the understanding of the severity of how the issue uh, was going to grow. Had they had they dealt with it a lot sooner, I think this probably could have been behind us and uh, solutions could have been found a long time ago. Okay. Now, you touched on this already. You were speaking to a farmer. Uh, I mean, have you been talking to people about how this is affecting the piece specifically in terms of even agriculture or, again, kind of the LNG industry? Because, of course, this pipeline yeah. that uh, they're fighting over is going is hopefully going to bring a boon of yeah. uh, economic recovery uh, to this yeah. region, right? Yeah, I think the concern for a lot of us is just more uncertainty. And I think the, the NGOs, the ones that don't want to see any pipeline go anytime, anytime, uh, anyhow, whatever, uh, they're winning. So as soon as, once that stall happens, uh, they're victorious. Like I was saying last night to this farmer, I said, it's awfully easy to stand in front of a train or in front of something, but it's a whole different thing to get something moving as a project mm-hmm. or an initiative. But again, it's awfully easy just to stand in the way. So I think that's where we are feeling the hit the most is that lack of confidence we see with uh, Warren Buffett pulling out his investment in the Quebec uh, gas project that would have been great for Quebecers and for mm-hmm. Canada too. So, you know, it's one thing I heard Marnaro on the radio uh, two days ago talking about how great things were in the country and uh, just absolutely tone deaf to what's going on in the ground in Western Canada and resource development. This is uh, finance, federal finance. Federal finance, Bill Morneau, yeah. So, I mean, lack of leadership uh, hugely and. Uh, my wish, honestly, regardless of whatever government's in place, show leadership on this stuff mm-hmm. and come out and, and make some decisions and uh, understand what's really how, how Western Canada is being hit. And everybody knows about the transfer payments that go from Western Canada to, uh, to provinces that are, are ha- have not provinces. Uh, that bottom line is going to be affected by the downturn in resource development projects. So mm-hmm. anyway, bottom line is we need more confidence coming back into our resource sector 
uh, internationally. They're eating our lunch right now because of that lack of confidence, and we need it back. Uh, as we go forward now, I mean, you, you've kind of touched on this as well. What do you think needs to happen to kind of get things moving fast like should it be moving faster are we kind of getting there now uh what do you what do you see still that needs to be done to kind of get this kind of get it happening yeah well i think it's been clear that the coastal gas link project even you know want to talk broadly about consultation it's they've done that even the wet sweat and people have said look they came and talked to us they've done survey after survey Uh, i quoted it in the house last week 80 percent of of one house uh, supported the project in a survey in the community, 85% of another house. It's broadly supported. Now it's just time to get going. The mm-hmm. pipe, I see it going down the highway. I've seen the pipe yards all across the province. needs to get going. There needs to be no more delay. Uh, it needs project needs to uh, proceed. And uh, we need to get to work, again, to, to re- retain what confidence is, is left in the industry, but also to get the project uh, to finish so we can actually produce gas in our region mm-hmm. and sell it to Asia who's asking for it desperately. Okay. All right, we're going to have to switch gears now. Uh, the Soto and Moberly First Nations and the federal and provincial governments have signed uh, the Southern Mountain Caribou Partnership Agreement, mm-hmm. but since then they've also added amendments that seem to uh, make it possible to allow them to ask for input from local governments, mm. something that wasn't there before and obviously uh, we've talked about this at ex- uh, extensively at energeticcity.ca and whatnot. Consultation mm-hmm. wasn't a part of it before. Uh, no. uh, how do you how do you feel about this? That they've kind of made this tiny sort of uh, almost a olive branch out, and, and even the PRD yeah. has responded and said, "Well, thank you for this. Finally, yeah. for yeah. making some sort of kind of uh, you know reach out to us." To me, it's absolutely meaningless because the whole process. Well, we started off back a year ago, and I see my old Facebook posts of us having caribou meetings. Mm-hmm. It was because of a discussion that wasn't occurring. We, we saw the bureaucracy of Canada, bureaucracy of BC, and the two First Nations only being able to have a conversation and change any letter in this agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried, and the governments so-called came out and listened to what we had to say. Nothing really changed in that agreement, and that's why Blair Lextrom pulled out and said it was a sham. Mm-hmm. So to, to insert a few words and to say something, meanwhile, all throughout the process, they did none of it and gave the impression they were and even had a liaison officer to even talk to us and bridge that gap, supposedly, it was all a ruse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and good for the First Nations that were involved in the conversation, but there's many First Nations in our community that wasn't part of that conversation. And to me, it sets the stage for future, uh, this is the way, here, you like the document, here it is, um, you don't have any opportunity to change any of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a real bad precedent, and we're going to be fighting this. We still are. I don't think it's something that we should just accept that this is the way it's going to be. Uh, what we have to do is pull back, pull up, uh, again, a 30,000-foot level. And what I've seen uh, federally is this group wants to, and the number that's been quoted is 30% closures, 30% protected lands by 2030. Mm-hmm. We're at around 12% now. So even in the debates, we, we talked about real caribou uh, effectiveness is getting rid of wolves that are, you know, that are causing those herds to be uh, depleted. But uh, uh, they'd say, yeah, yeah, well, that, you know, bottom line is we need to get to this uh, certain percentage of protected lands. Mm-hmm. So we're only 12% now, and they're going to double that, more than double that in the next 10 years. Where do you think all that land's going to come from? Mm-hmm. They use excuse after excuse. Next time it's going to be a moose closure and next time it's going to be you, you name it closure 
it's all to get to this protected area and we're asking protected from what uh, some of these areas industry has developed has been developed and populations are still fine we've seen areas where the caribou are absolutely obliterated and no industries even there Tweedsmere Park's a great example for that in Jasper no caribou no industrial development either mm -hmm. so where did the caribou did industry cause that depletion obviously not other there's other factors and uh, I will say it's positive the province has been doing some um, work on the wolf population and it's actually been effective mm -hmm. and now we hear and I have a column coming out even speaking to uh, the, uh, there's a, a group protesting that action that doesn't want to see any wolf call uh, any wolf uh, population diminished well that's what works unfortunately we see the wolf populations growing and uh, they like to eat and they like to eat caribou mm -hmm. and so we need to help out with that balance where we can so Anyway, I'm not too confident the way the, the agreement was uh, formulated and uh, essentially rammed down our throats. And uh, I think all of BC should be wary of, of any future agreement. Okay. Uh, going forward, you sort of mentioned this already as well, fighting it. I, what do you do then when you're not in the agreement kind of yeah. formally in the way that we've kind of discussed? The best way we can fight anything like this is just create public pressure. So mm -hmm. we you know i go to ottawa and i uh, critique the minister and write letters to the ministers uh provincially and really we just need to get the public awareness up and uh you know before we were talking about this caribou not many had heard about it they were kind of concerned with what was going on mm -hmm. and they said and the bureaucracy said well you know what don't worry about it no mills are going to close nothing's going to happen no you're still going to be able to snowmobile in the back country well guess what now here we are on the other side of the agreement and guess what's going to be affected ATVs in the backcountry, snowmobiles possibly, uh, future development too. So it's all on in the crosshairs now, and that's mm -hmm. what I'm concerned about, uh, potential uh, loss of another mill coming up because of this. So I'm very concerned about what this sets the stage for for our resource sector that all of us appreciate in this community. And uh, again, we're already struggling, as we talked about earlier in the show, with the lack of confidence. And this mm -hmm. is just another blanket of, of, of uh, non-confidence uh, in our resource sector again. And it, I have work to do in Ottawa just to deal with outside influences and, and well-funded NGOs that want to come in and are doing a very good job about making our resources a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I still have to keep up that fight, and we have some other ideas, but uh, we just have to keep doing it we have to keep pressuring the federal and provincial ministers to to stand down on this stuff and again the fight's never over i think we just have to keep going mm -hmm. now uh, speaking of that uh, because these two things have sort of dominated the headlines certainly since uh, parliament resumed in january what else are you working on what else are you hoping to work on maybe as these as we move forward in yeah. the session yeah i think there's other stuff i have another role that i'm and the firearms guy in mm -hmm. Ottawa and uh, the par parliamentary outdoor caucus. So things like, you know, hunting and fishing and uh, areas like that. I am the Northern Affairs shadow minister too. So one other issue we're looking at is uh, the, the closure up in the north. There's a moratorium that's been placed in the Arctic. Mm -hmm. It's uh, expiring on uh, 2021. And so going around and just asking, uh, and a lot of the premiers weren't too happy about the, those closures when they were implemented by this government. Uh, because a lot of prosperity again was planned and that was just taken off the table with that closure so we're this on. is a sorry bob this is a moratorium on development in yeah the in the arctic so yeah. off offshore so mm -hmm. 
anyway, so I've been doing a tour. So I was in Yukon last month. I'll be in Northwest Territories, I believe, this month, next month in Nunavut, uh, working on that side of things. And then there's always local issues. And mm -hmm. uh, one big one locally is just we've been really trying to pressure uh, hydro and, and Site C. We're seeing a lot of our local contractors not getting paid. Uh, it's taken 150 days and longer to get paid. Wow. Which is causing them to pull back and then other contractors to be hired in their place. And that's not the way it's, it's supposed to be. And uh, we know the contractor isn't, you know, it's not a, a hydro a direct issue. But the contractor that's been there, this uh, the Spanish company that's there, has it's been making it very difficult for local contracts to pay their bills, mm -hmm. especially at a time the resource sector is uh, struggling. So uh, that's another thing that we've been working on and uh, just had a meeting about it yesterday. So I see. Wow, busy, busy Lots time going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. And I will say Bob, there's people like Bobby Party who made a quilt and raised $11,500 for Adura for a young girl that's uh, fighting cancer and fighting mm -hmm. a, a spinal issue. So there's a lot of good things going on too, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's not all dour like our exactly, conversation yes. so there's far. There's so. still reason to be alive in the north. It's still beautiful up here. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Bob. Well, we're going to have to leave it there for now, but thanks so much for making time, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today. Thanks for the opportunity. You're very welcome. All right. We'll be right back after this with... Uh... Pardon me, Christine Clark, the Executive Director of Community Bridge, right after this. Good deeds don't go unnoticed, at least not in Fort St. John. If you know an individual or group who have done amazing things for this community, the Fort St. John Community Awards Gala is coming up, and nominations are now being accepted. There are seven award categories, including recreation, literacy, cultural youth, and new this year, a business award. Nominations close March 9th. For more information or to nominate a deserving member of our community, visit fortstjohn.ca. Do you spend hours managing the complicated aspects of booking crew accommodations? Are you a road warrior driving to your work site and need a place to stay nearby? Visit LodgeLink.com and let LodgeLink transform your workforce travel management experience. With LodgeLink, we take the hassle out of finding, booking, and managing your crew accommodations built around the specific need of crew travel. LodgeLink provides convenient online access to hundreds of properties from any device and saves you time and money. We provide our customers a better and more personalized booking and crew management experience. Visit LodgeLink.com to get where you need to be. Right now at Tim Hortons, you can get two delicious breakfast sandwiches for just $5. That's a win. Kind of like when your neighbor is shoveling his sidewalk and decides to shovel yours too. Enjoy a win at Tim Hortons today and get any two freshly prepared breakfast sandwiches made with 100% Canadian eggs for just $5. It's always great value at Tim Hortons. Plus applicable taxes, conditions apply. Cannot be combined with other offers at participating restaurants for a limited time. Grand Prairie. It's the place to be this weekend. Explore the outdoors. Saturday is Wapiti Nordic Ski Club's 42nd annual Lopet. 9.30 till 12.30. Socialize, ski, snowshoe, and celebrate winter. Also Saturday, learn about the pyramids of ancient Egypt. A presentation hosted by the GP Museum. 2 till 3 at Muscassipi Park. Sunday is the Downhill Derby at Nighthawk Adventure Park. Prizes and guaranteed fun for all riders. Upgrade your adventure with a stay at one of Grand Prairie's premier hotels. Like the Sandman Hotel in the Heart of Grand 
Grand Prairie City Center, across the street from Revolution Place and a short walk to Muscassipi Park. Enjoy all amenities, including their fitness center and impressive dining options like Denny's and Bar One on site. Call it a night and wind down in your newly renovated room. Comfort and convenience. Find more at SandmanHotels.com. This message is brought to you by the Grand Prairie Region Destination Marketing Fund, a proud partner of Grand Prairie Regional Tourism. Visit gptourism.ca for more information. You're working full-time, raising a family, and trying to find time to cook healthy, balanced meals. Sound familiar? Plenty of other families right here in Fort St. John struggle with the same crazy, fast-paced life. And that's exactly why Michelle and the girls at Dunlike Dinner pride themselves in serving you the best freezer meals in town. Stop in to Dunlike Dinner today and check out their wide selection of freezer meals. These meals are perfect for busy families just like yours. To learn more, find them on Facebook or visit DunlikeDinner.net. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. We're back on Moose Talks. Now we're joined by Christine Clark, the Executive Director for Community Bridge. We're going to talk a bit about Coldest Night of the Year and, of course, what Community Bridge does in the community. Thanks so much for coming on today, Christine. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much for having me to come on and talk about Community Bridge and Coldest Night of the Year. Yeah. We appreciate it, too. Oh, I'm, I'm very glad you made the time. So uh, why don't we start with Coldest Night of the Year? It was just this past Saturday. Uh, I took part in it for the first time. Oh, it was you. a lot of fun. I'm still sore. I, <laughs> I probably should walk more, apparently. But right. uh, obviously, it was about raising the money mm-hmm. and the awareness and all yeah. that. How, how did it go in terms of the oh, fundraising? Oh, it went very well. We made around twelve to $13,000. The okay. final tallies aren't in yet. They're okay. still adding up the money that's coming in. And people can still go and donate online as well. And... So we use that money to help other people that are homeless or hungry or hurting in the community of Fort St. John. So what that means is if they're struggling to pay rent or struggling with utility bills, Mm -hmm. they don't have money for food or household items for their children, then we can help them out with that. And we also help women in the transition house that we also have funding for to get reestablished in new homes as well when they're ready to move out of Mayopie. I see. Okay, well, you've touched on it already. I mean, this this is one facet of Community Bridge, mm-hmm. maybe a major one, but it's you kind of you also do other things in the community, right? That like. I think I read uh, Help People Get Jobs. Uh, you do, like, the Daddy and Me program, which I've uh, attended a few of those oh, as nice. well. Oh, nice. Great. Uh, you seem to have a broad sort of um, mm-hmm. idea of what Community Bridge does in the yes. community. What, what else do you do? Well, we have 20 programs at mm-hmm. Community Bridge, and most of them are funded through different ministries. And then we do fundraising for some of the programs, like Mother Goose and Daddy and Me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our programs offer counseling to individuals or families or group counseling and for people that are just struggling with different issues in their life or have specifically experienced sexual abuse or domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And then some of our programs provide outreach services to help them find homes, to help them get to the different services if they've experienced some type of abuse, and also to help them find jobs or learn how to write resumes and what kinds of positions they might be interested in applying for and what's available out there for positions. 
and they help them learn how to regulate their emotions, how to get along better with people, and how to manage some conflicts in their life. And so it is a broad variety that we do offer. And then we do also provide services in Dawson Creek as well. We Mm -hmm. have seven programs there of similar services that are provided in Fort St. John. And then some of the programs also travel out to Fort Nelson, Tumbler Ridge, and Chetwind and Hudson Hope to provide services there as well. Wow. So you guys essentially, your reach is basically the entire northeast kind of half of the province here. Yes, it is. The northeast. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. I want to touch on the homelessness again uh, for a minute because coldest night of the year, as Mm -hmm. I understand it anyway, is about homelessness aware or awareness of people experiencing homelessness and kind of in other communities uh sometimes they have uh charities that are just dedicated to homelessness right uh but we've had uh homelessness count people on here before and we've talked a bit about what homelessness is in fort st john it's not what you might see in the media a lot it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. people camped out or or you know living on the streets but it is people who are couch surfing or kind of in that transition where they literally don't own a home. Uh, I mean, how do people access your service? How do you find these people in Fort St. John? Because they're not necessarily clearly living out in the open in the way that maybe they might in Mm -hmm. Vancouver or in Edmonton, for example. Yeah. Well, a lot of these people come into our local office on Mm -hmm. 101st and Lots of times there's different outreach programs through Northern Health Authority or Ministry for Children and Families that people have learned about our homeless program through these other programs. Mm -hmm. And then they will come in and find out about our services and at reception they'll learn who they should meet with Mm -hmm. at Community Bridge and then they get connected and get the services that they need and if they are looking for somewhere to live then they will get some help with that wow i mean it sounds essentially like you can help a person who's experienced homelessness kind of make it all the way back to as you said you'll help people with resume writing uh, mm-hmm. finding a job that sort of thing so you kind of you can help them through the whole process yes. of kind of getting back on their feet and we also help them learn about how to maintain that mm-hmm home that they have so if they're renting somewhere sometimes people need to learn skills about what being a good renter is Mm -hmm. so that you don't taint your reputation for renting and then not be able to rent anywhere so it's a lot of good skills to learn just on how to be a good renter that a lot of people just don't learn throughout their life to that point yeah, well, if we want more information about this, or maybe we know someone who's experiencing uh, homelessness, uh, how, how can they get a hold of you and kind of get in contact to maybe start the process or find out more information? So they can just call Community Bridge at 250-785-6021, and their first contact will be the receptionist, and then she will put them in touch with, say, Vlad, he's in the Homeless Prevention Program, Mm -hmm. or Stephanie, who's in the Women's Outreach Program. So those are two good connections for getting help with getting a place to live and getting your homeless situation sorted out okay and uh for all your other great programs which we kind of only had time to touch Mm -hmm. on uh, more information what's your website address for that so that is at www.communitybridge.ca 
Yeah, yeah, and you see them all the time. Daddy and me, you said Mother Goose on the Loose. Yes. Well, wonderful programs, and yes. I'm so grateful that you guys that provide them for the community. Oh, thank so. you. And we really appreciate all of the community support to be able to provide these programs as well. Excellent. Well, we'll have to leave it there, Christine, but thank you so much thank for making you. time to talk to us today. All right, thanks. All right, we'll be right back to wrap things up here on Moose Talks. Okay, Kara, what has four wheels and flies, huh? Dad. A garbage truck. <laughs> okay, one more. Why did the cop pull over the moving van? Dad, stop. To bust a move? Huh? <laughs> Make dad jokes, but don't drive a dad van. That's a good one. Get the new 2020 Ford Explorer with standard Ford Copilot 360 and style to spare. Right now, you can get 0% purchase financing on all 2020 Explorer models. And that's no joke. Visit your local <laughs> yeah. Ford store or yeah. Ford.ca. Getting your nursing degree just became more accessible. For the first time, UNBC's Northern Baccalaureate Nursing Program is being offered in Fort St. John. Individuals with at least 60 credits of university-level post-secondary education are encouraged to apply. The NBNP degree is completed over 20 months full-time. Opportunities for nurses in Northeast BC are expected to trend upwards for the next decade. The deadline to apply for the September 2020 semester is March 30th. Visit unbc.ca slash nursing for detailed admission requirements. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit PRIS.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Looking for more power out of your pedal? Here at SS Automotive, we have a large inventory of diesel enhancement products, including throttle sensitivity, boosters, tuners, custom programs, and even major components like engines and transmission. We have everything your diesel might need. Call SS Automotive today. Now, a sports boosters update. To celebrate winter sports in the spirit of the BC Winter Games, the Fort St. John North Peace has assembled a special exhibit looking at the history of winter sports in the North Peace. From curling to speed skating with unique sports like dog sled racing thrown in, this exhibit looks at our rich sporting history through photographs, artifacts, and stories. Did you know that Fort St. John's outdoor speed skating oval was once lit in the light of parked cars so a competition could finish in the dark? Skate skis and skips. Winter Sports in the North Peace Exhibit at the Fort St. John North Peace Museum from now until March 31st. Send us your sports info, sports at moosefm.ca or by fax 263-9749. Sports Boosters on Moose FM. Hi, this is Ted with PIMS Production Equipment. Talk to us at PIMS for electrical work, air compressors, pumps, valves, relief valves, office phones, and computer networks. Experience the best in service. Check us out at PIMS.ca or call PIMS at 250-787-0808. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks again to Bob Zimmer, the MP for Prince George, Peace River, Northern Rockies, for stopping by to chat with us. And for Christine Clark, the Executive Director of Community Bridge, we talked a bit about coldest night of the year. If you want more info about what they do and uh, things that you can do with your family and kids, brought to you by Community Bridge, check out communitybridge.ca. I also want to quickly mention that you should make sure you check out the Community One Stop tomorrow at the Totem Mall from 10 till 2. You can learn about and sign up for a lot of great things happening around the community, including sports, music, arts, and hobby clubs offered by the city and local groups. You can also just walk around, talk to people. It's a good time. That's, again, happening tomorrow from 10 till 2 at the Totem Mall. 
That does it for another episode of Moose Talks. Studio production today was brought to you by Adam Rayburn, so thanks to him for that. I'm Dub Craig. Keep being awesome. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. This is Moose Country. Are you going by? I had to say hello. And I don't mean to pry, but girl, I gotta know what is your name. I come, I ain't seen you around before. You know, I ain't never had a type, having a type takes two. But I know what I like, and you're the only one of you. You're something else. And I know we just met, but I wanna introduce you to my kid folks, to my Get Joni on the phone, she'll leave us on the light. I want to see the way you look up under all those stars. You're going to be the talk words, going to get around. They'll tell you how they thought I'd never settle down out on the porch. Ain't it funny the way things change? I want to introduce you to my kinfolk, to my Ted with Pim's Production Equipment. Call us to service your pressure safety relief valves. 250-787-0808. Never won a million bucks on a scratch-off ticket. Hell, I'm even one five. 
Been out all day in a pontoon fishing on a lake full of bass, no bites. Been broke down on the side of the road in a truck I just fixed up. And I've prayed for rain for days and days Well, them fields just turned up dust So how did I get so lucky? You got me thanking those stars above me For the way you make every God-given day so sunny It's funny I ain't even in Kentucky But don't I know it Cause of you it's all color of roses I still can't believe every time you tell me you love me Must have lined right up that night and your eyes caught mine. There you were and there I was in the right place at the right time. Got a kiss like heaven, it's like I rolled a seven on a pair of dice. I still don't know what the soul boy did to get your hand in mine. Yeah, how did I get so lucky? You got me thinking those stars. Carter's Jewelers can be a great help if your jewelry has been stolen or if you... Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.